Lady Esther presents The Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, Laura. The starring players... This is Jean Tierney. This is Dana Andrews. This is Clifton Webb. And this is David Bruce. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in a gripping murder mystery, the 20th Century Fox picture, Laura, by Vera Caspery. It stars Dana Andrews as Mark, Jean Tierney as Laura, David Bruce as Carpenter, and Clifton Webb as Lidecker. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Laura. I'm a cop. Murder is murder, and a dame's a dame. Personally, I never got mixed up with either. Till I was put on the case of Laura Hunt. It was pretty much routine to start. I picked out the people who had known her best. This Waldo Lidecker topped the list. Quite a guy, Waldo. Big shop columnist and radio spieler. The kind who dressed formal to have his nails trimmed. The kind who built styles and ruined reputations. And a guy I never liked. Yeah, he got a big kick out of doing things different. The first time I saw him, he was in his bath. If you don't mind, Lieutenant. Not at all. The world is rather soiling, I find. I believe one should wash it off fairly frequently. Uh, there's a chair there. Thanks. Nice little place you've got. It's lavish, but I call it home. I suppose you're here about the Laura Hunt murder. That's a fair guess. I uh, have my notes here. Perhaps you'd uh, like me to read them. Perhaps. I'm overwhelmed by your enthusiasm. Go ahead. Very well. Laura was found yesterday, Saturday morning, dead. A shotgun charge fired at point-blank range. Yeah, shot most of her face away. Must you be so disgustingly realistic? I was questioned by the police, and I stated, quote, On Friday night, Laura had a dinner engagement with me, after which she was ostensibly going out of town. She phoned and canceled our engagement at exactly 7 o'clock. Why'd you write it down? Afraid you'd forget? I am the most widely misquoted man in America, and I resent it. Uh, hand me that washcloth, please. Thank you. As you probably know from reading my column, murder is a hobby of mine. I dare say you consider this one a little different. Sure. It's duller. I suppose you prefer the conventional gang killing with machine guns and black sedans and all the trimmings. Yeah. At least there you're dealing with real down-to-earth people. Lieutenant, I believe you're a proletarian snob. Here you have one of the most unusual cases. The only unusual thing is the addresses. Sutton Place and Park Avenue instead of Flatbush or the Bowery. Outside of that, some two-timing dame gets murdered in her flat practically every day. Dame? 
How dare you call Laura a dame? What would you call her? She was a woman of distinction, a character, a lady. I'll have my towel, please. Mr. Lidecker, were you in love with Laura Hunt? Was she in love with you? Laura considered me the wisest, the wittiest, the most interesting man she'd ever met. I was in complete accord with her on that. She thought me also the kindest, the gentlest, the most sympathetic man in the world. I tried to be all that, too. Have any luck? Let me put it this way. I should be sincerely sorry to see my neighbor's children devoured by wolves. Uh, my robe, please. Thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'd like to dress. I think we'll talk first. Talk about what? About Laura. She's dead, you know. Somebody killed her. That's neither new nor frightening anymore. Although... Although what? Got any ideas? It's possible. But I'd have to tell the whole story from the very beginning. The very first time I ever saw Laura. Go on. It was five years ago at the Hotel Algonquin. I was having lunch, alone, of course. And suddenly she stood before me, eager and excited. Mr. Lidecker? Well? How do you do? My name is Laura Hunt, and I'm with Bullet and Company. You know the big advertising firm. And I'd like to talk something over with you, if I may. I scarcely need to explain that I'm engaged in eating my lunch. Oh, yes, I know, but it's so hard to get to see you the regular way, and this will only take a minute, really. Apparently, you suffer from the common feminine delusion that the mere fact of being a woman exempts you from all the rules of civilized conduct. That's possible, but here's what I wanted to show you. It's for the Wallace Flow Wright pen. My company will pay you $5,000 if you'll just endorse this ad. I don't pen. I write with a goose quill dipped in venom. But this is a very fine pen, Mr. Lidecker. Won't you at least consider endorsing it? I'll neither consider, endorse, nor use the Wallace Fluorite pen. And if you wish me to publish that statement in my column... Oh, no, you mustn't. The company doesn't know anything about this. It was my idea to see you. Oh, indeed? Yes, honestly. I know they'd give anything to get your endorsement, and I thought, well, what's the harm in trying? Mr. Lidecker, it would mean so much to me. Young woman... You seem to be completely disregarding something more important than your career. What? My lunch. You know, it's strange. You write about people with such real understanding and sentiment. A sentiment comes easy at 50 cents a word. If that's how you feel, you must be very lonely. Will you kindly continue your character analysis elsewhere? You begin to bore me. You poor man. I'm sorry for you. Good afternoon. I was a bit annoyed by the incident. But the girl did have spirit, Lieutenant, and she was very pretty. So, that afternoon, I went to her office, apologized after a fashion, and offered to endorse her pen. That endorsement started her career. Through me, she met everyone, the famous, the infamous. And she captivated them all. But Tuesday and Friday nights, we stayed at home, dined quietly, listened to my records. Those were the best nights. Until one Tuesday, she phoned and said, Waldo, I'm, I'm sorry about tonight. I'm afraid I can't come. Another date. You know who it was? 
I made it my business to find out. Jacoby, the artist, he'd recently done her portrait. And she'd fallen for him? That's a very vulgar expression. I wrote a column about him one day. I exposed him, ridiculed him, demolished him. All in my most amusing vein, of course. Of course. And that finished him with her? Yes. There were others at times. But Laura's own discrimination ruled them out. Until Shelby Carpenter. Carpenter? That's right. He's on my list. Laura was going to marry him, wasn't she? Well, wasn't she? Perhaps. What does that mean? Maybe you'd better ask Carpenter. Yeah, maybe I'd better. Yeah, maybe I will. Believe me, Lieutenant McPherson, I'm as eager to find the murderer as you are. Laura and I were going to be married this week, you know. Yeah, so I hear. You know, it's funny, though. She should want to run out of town on Friday right before her wedding and all. Out of town? Well, she told me she was having dinner with Waldo Leidecker. Then why should she lie? Lie? Twice. To you and to him. She didn't have dinner with Leidecker, and obviously she didn't go away. Carpenter, you told the police you went to a concert Friday night. That's right. Alone. What did they play? Brahms' first and Beethoven's ninth. Yeah, it was on the program, all right. Only they changed it at the last minute, playing nothing but Sibelius. How about it, Carpenter? Well, I... I suppose I should have told him the truth. I'd been working pretty hard. I was very tired. I didn't hear a note of the concert. I fell asleep. I imagine that seems strange to you. No, I fall asleep at concerts myself. Carpenter, were you in love with Laura Hunt? Of course I was. Head over heels. She was the most wonderful girl I'd ever known, the most wonderful person. She gave me a chance at a decent job when no one else would. When everyone thought I was just a... Well... I know, I know, a male butterfly. Working there in the office with her, being so close to her, I couldn't help but fall in love. And she loved me, too. We were going to be married. No matter what Waldo Leidecker said? He had nothing to say about it. He had no claims to her. No, but he wouldn't want to lose, would he? Well, would he? Why don't you ask him? <laughs> Why don't I? You know, I'm beginning to feel like a ping-pong ball. Lieutenant, there's no need for me to deny what I thought, what I still think about Shelby Carpenter. Last Tuesday night, I thought it was time for me to act. Laura had come to my place for dinner, the first time in weeks. And when I told her a few homely truths about the chap... Waldo, by stooping so low, you only degrade yourself. Laura, I've, I've simply told you the facts. What of it? I know his faults. A man can change, can't he? His past is his own affair. I only care about the present. Speaking of the changed Mr. Carpenter in the present tense, he's now running around with a model from your own office. Her name is Diane Redfern. Walter, I'm closer to despising you than I thought I'd ever be. If I thought... Don't think. Just look. I believe you presented him with a cigarette case on his last birthday. A gold case. Rather valuable. Is this it? Where did you get that? From the pawn shop where Diane Redfern took it after he gave it to her. I don't believe it. He may have needed some money and was too proud to borrow. Shelby, but... proud. <laughs> Perhaps that's why the pawn ticket was in her name. Waldo, I... 
I don't know what to say. Uh, don't say anything, my dear. Not now. I'll expect you for dinner on Friday night. That was her story right up to Friday night. When she phoned him and said she was going up to the country to think the whole thing out by herself. I couldn't do much more with Leidegger then. So I legged it over to Laura's place to have myself a look around. That was the first time I saw the portrait. The one Jacoby had painted. It was up on the wall. I stood there looking at it. Thinking a lot of things, I guess. And then suddenly... She was pretty, wasn't she? Awful pretty. Huh? And not only pretty, but good. The kindest person I ever met. Who are you? I'm Bessie. I'm the maid. I come in every day. You still come? I thought I had to clean up. Well, all right, but don't touch anything in here. I want it left just the way it was. And then I was standing there alone again, in front of Laura's picture. But after a while, I snapped out of it. Told myself I'd have to get to work. So I started on desk. Letters, date pads, check stubs, even a diary. I was getting to know her pretty well. I don't know how many hours it was. I guess I must have walked a few miles up and down that room. And when I lighted again, in front of the picture... Intriguing, isn't it? Jacoby caught her in a very rare mood. What are you doing here, Lydecker? I uh, saw the light on, and the door was open. What's on your mind? I thought I might arrange for the return of my things. What things? Mm, that Chinese vase. That grandfather clock by the door. I only lent them to Laura, you know. I, I intend to have them back. Everything stays right where it is. As you wish. Oh, I, I see you've been going through Laura's desk. Any objection? Only one. I object to your prying to Laura's letters. Especially those from me. Why? Yours are the best in the bunch. Thanks. But I didn't write them to you. Haven't you any sense of privacy? Not when a dame's been murdered, I haven't. That word again. McPherson, did you ever know a woman who wasn't a dame? Yeah, one. But she kept walking me past furniture stores to look at the parlor suits. She wasn't good enough, was she? She wasn't like Laura... You know, when I came in, the way you were staring at the portrait... Shut up. McPherson, you're acting very strangely. Like a suitor who comes here with roses and candy. The drugstore candy, of course. Get going. I'm busy. You better watch yourself, McPherson, or you'll end up in the psychiatric ward. I don't think they've ever had a patient who fell in love with a... Shut up. Now get out. And he got, and I was alone again. I sat there, waiting. Waiting for what? I don't know. The room, the night, the silence were alive with her. And her ghost wouldn't let me go. I guess it must have been after ten when I heard the door... And steps. And then... Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing here? I don't know who has a better right to be here. Then say it. 
Go on, say it. I live here. It's my apartment. I'm Laura Hunt. The second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in just a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. A woman walked into a famous New York restaurant a few evenings ago, accompanied by three attentive young men. There was a sudden hush as she entered the room. All eyes turned in her direction. She made such a beautiful picture as she walked in. Against the background of her very simple black suit, her face had a fresh, radiant look. And I saw at once it was her skin that made her look so compelling. Now, I knew that woman. And I knew she was over 35, though she looked like 25. I knew she'd been called plain as a girl. But no one would dream of calling her plain now. I stopped at her table later to say hello and learned she was about to marry one of those three attentive young men. I also learned, to my deep satisfaction that the face powder she was wearing, the face powder that made her skin look so young and fresh, was Lady Esther Bridal Pink. Bridal Pink is a new kind of powder shade, intensely flattering to four basic skin types. It doesn't matter whether your hair is blonde, brown, auburn, or black. The instant you apply Bridal Pink, your skin wakens to new life and tone. Your eyes light up. Your lips look lovelier. Even your features look daintier. Blended by the force of hurricanes, Lady Esther face powder is so highly pulverized, it's light as a summer breeze on your skin. Yet it completely covers tiny lines and blemishes, and it clings four hours and longer. Be sure to ask for Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder. Accept no other shade, for no shade can give you the radiant look the happy, confident look of Lady Esther, bridal pink. And now, Lady Esther presents the second act of Laura, starring Clifton Webb, Jean Tierney, David Bruce, and Dana Andrews. I held my breath for an hour or two. Finally, I came back to earth. It was Laura, all right. Alive and well and even more beautiful than her portrait. Apparently, she didn't know anything had happened. She had been up in the country. No phone, no radio. So I handed her a copy of Saturday's paper, and when she looked up... You mean I'm supposed to be dead? Yeah, but you're not. I guess that's sort of obvious. Now the question is, who? You got any idea? No. No idea at all? No. Who had a key to your apartment? Nobody. What are you going to do? Find out who was murdered, then find the murderer. For the time being, I'll ask you to... Excuse me, sir. I found this dress in Miss Laura's closet and... Hello, Bessie. Miss Laura. No. No. 
It's all right, Bessie. She's alive. Bessie, there's been a mistake. I'm not a ghost, really. Saturday morning, I found you. You were dead. But I'm alive, Bessie. Can't you see? <laughs> it's been a bad shot for you. You go on home and take tomorrow off. Yes, Miss Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Poor thing. She's been so devoted. She... She what? She was bringing this dress in here to you. Yours? No. Ever seen it before? Yes. You have? Whose is it? Belongs to a model who works in our office. Her name is Diane... Diane Redfern. Do you know about her? I know plenty. I know that Shelby Carpenter was two-timing you. He couldn't help it if she was in love with him. Diane told me so herself. When? Last Friday, I asked her to have lunch with me. Did you know he'd bring her here that night? I don't know that he brought her here. Neither do you. You're only guessing. What other guess is possible? You three are all tied together. Look, do you love this egg and risk your own safety for him? My safety? Are you suspecting me? I suspect nobody and everybody. I'm trying to get to the truth. Okay, I'll run along now. Don't leave the house tonight and don't use the phone. Am I under arrest? No, but if anything happened to you now, I, I wouldn't like it. Promise? All right. I promise. Good girl. Now, one more thing. Way to make up your mind about marrying Carpenter. What did you decide? I want the truth. I decided not to marry him. Well, that's well. I'll I'll see you in the morning. Good night. I had one more job to do that night on Carpenter. He tried to bluff it out at first, but I knew too much. First, he admitted he had a key to Laura's place. He'd taken her duplicate from the office. And then I let him have it between the eyes. I told him about Laura's coming back. And after that, he really started to sing. I might as well, I guess. You'll find out anyway. Diane insisted on seeing me to have things out once and for all. I couldn't go to her room and take her to my place, so we went to Laura's to talk. To talk, huh? And she got into a negligee. There'd been a shower. Her dress was wet. She borrowed one of Laura's gowns while she hung her dress up to dry. Go on. Well, we talked for three hours. Then the doorbell rang, and Diane went to answer it. I heard her going down the hall. I heard the door open, and then the shot. By the time I reached her, she was dead. The door was closed. I, I suppose I should have called the police. Why didn't you? I, I don't know. I guess I was afraid, not only for myself, but for Laura. Why? Did you think she'd done it? Did you? I don't remember what I thought. Do you think so now? No. I hope you're right, Carpenter. I hope you're right. Come in. The door's open. Oh, good morning, Lieutenant. You're just in time. I was about to fix some breakfast. No, tell me you can cook. Well, when I used to dream about a career, my mother always listened sympathetically and then taught me another recipe. Bacon and eggs? Swell, but make it for three. I've invited a guest. Who? Waldo Lidecker. Have you told him about me? No. Why not? You saw what happened to Bessie. That's brutal. That's the kind of a guy I am. Brutal. It isn't funny. I'm not doing it for fun. Now, don't move. Don't make a sound. Door's open. Come in. Good morning, Lieutenant. Any new suspects to... To... Hello, Waldo. Laura. Laura. Waldo. Waldo. What is it? He fainted flat on his face. 
You know, I think I like him better that way. I, I, I'm really worried about him. It wasn't fair to surprise him that way. What's fair about a murder, Miss Hunt? I've got to get to the truth. And you want me to go through with the rest of it, too? Just like I said. If Waldo asks me to dinner, I'm to tell him I can't. I'm going out with you. That's right. It won't work. He won't believe me. Why? Does that seem so impossible to you? Does it, Laura? No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem impossible at all. Did you tell him, Laura? What did he say? Oh, you know Waldo. First he was annoyed, then sarcastic. And then he suggested lobster thermidor at the colony. Mark, it's after seven. Do you still think you're right? I don't know, Laura. It's a chance we had to take. Remember, if it, if it does happen, I'll be standing by. I'll be right there behind the screen. And you're not to give it away. I won't. There it is. Mark. Steady now. You know what to do. Just a moment. Why, Waldo? Am I too early or too late? Neither. Mark isn't here yet. Of course. And I must conclude my business before he arrives. Business? Uh, this grandfather clock. It's mine, remember? You mean you came for it now? But you can't carry it. You'll have to send someone. Laura, this clock is very precious. Uh, the only one of its kind in the world. You see this hidden spring? Waldo. A secret compartment. A secret compartment large enough to hold... A gun. A shotgun. I made a mistake Friday night. I won't make one now. Oh, no, please! Best part of myself. That's what you are. Do you think I'd leave it to the vulgar pawing of a second-rate detective who thinks you're a dame? No, Laura. Rather than that, I... Don't raise that gun. If you do, I'll let you have it. McPherson, you're here. She lied to me. I guess there's been a lot of lying done around here. I knew what did it, and I knew who did it. All I needed was the gun. Thank you, Decker. We can go along now. Yes, of course, Lieutenant. You're in a hurry. You have a dinner engagement, I believe. Oh, please. My congratulations, Miss Hunt. I hope you'll be very happy in Brooklyn or the Bronx. Wearing an imitation fox and shopping for parlor suits in the credit establishments. I hope you'll never regret what promised to be a disgustingly earthy relationship. Very well, Lieutenant. Shall we go? On behalf of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, thank you, David Bruce, Dana Andrews, Clifton Webb, and Gene Tierney for your fine performances tonight. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's heard from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Do you know that nature is constantly throwing off dry little particles of skin? Those dry, clinging flakes are a real threat to your appearance. They make your powder look rough and bumpy. They make your skin look older. But here's how you can remove those dry little flakes before applying your makeup. Just rub Lady Esther for Purpose Face Cream well into your skin. 
then wipe it off completely. And along with it will come all those dry, ragged little flicks nature is trying to throw off. You'll see the difference in your mirror. You'll see how beautifully your powder goes on, how smoothly it clings. You'll see the new, translucent look of your skin, the clear, youthful finish. Lady Esther Face Cream is a complete beauty treatment in itself. First, it thoroughly cleans your skin. Second, it softens your skin, absorbs the dry flakes. Third, it helps nature refine the pores. And fourth, it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. If you want to see a truly dramatic change in your appearance, use Lady Esther Face Cream first. Then apply Lady Esther Face Powder in Bridal Pink, the new shade that's so daringly romantic. You'll be delighted by the fascinating new beauty that is suddenly yours. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present The Great McGinty. It will star Akeem Tamiroth, Ruth Huzzy, and Brian Donlevy. Be sure to listen. Gene Tierney can soon be seen in Dragonwick. Dana Andrews can soon be seen in State Fair, both 20th Century Fox productions. David Bruce appeared through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, producers of Uncle Harry. Clifton Webb will soon be, be seen in work in the 20th Century Fox production, The Razor's Edge. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. You save enough on the largest size jar of Lady Esther face cream to buy a box of Lady Esther face powder. So remember, ask for the largest size. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>